Father, we worship you and we bless you. Thank you, Father, that you have given us new life, that you've given us a new year and that this is a new day. Father, I thank you that your mercies are new every morning, not just once a year, but every morning. And that your grace is more than enough to cause us to overcome in every way imaginable. And Father, I bless you for this. Thank you for making us your own and making a way that we can call upon your name. That we can come to your throne of grace and that we can walk as more than conquerors. Father, I thank you. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the body. I just sensed earlier during worship that there's some things that need to be broken off. So I'm just going to take authority over those things right now. In the name of Jesus, every divisive, strife-filled spirit, every spirit that would want to separate, isolate, or oppress, every foul devil, I put you on notice this day in the name of Jesus. You no longer have a right to this place these people or their families. I forbid you in the name of Jesus that your work is broken off of them, that you no longer have any effect against them and can no longer harm any of these people in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the spirit of peace. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit of triumph. And I invite you in, Lord, to fill afresh and anew us this day. Lord, that by your anointing we would walk and, and that we would talk in your grace and that we would flow in your way of thinking and being. Lord, I invite you to have your way in me today. In fact, only if you believe it, say this after me. Father, I surrender my life Father, I surrender to, you. to you. The year of 2023. I give to you, Lord. Have your way in me. I give you full permission to lead me in the right paths for your name's sake. I will keep my eyes on you, Lord, for I am yours. All right, let's just praise him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. today don't only give tithes and offerings give yourself ask the Lord what he wants of you nothing is too hard for us when we surrender to the Holy Spirit for the Holy Spirit lives in you he abides in you it's God in you 
and he can do much greater things than we ever dreamed of when we surrender to him. It's my heart to win souls. It's my heart to take my word across the world. It's my heart to win souls into my kingdom. That's what it's all about. That's what the gospel's all about. God isn't interested in America only. He wants the whole world because he created, he created each and every every tribe, every nation, every tongue he has created and he's called all to belong to him, all to serve him. And it will. In my timing, I will rule and reign, says the Lord God, through my son Jesus Christ, who bought you. Are you bought today? Have you given your life to him? Have you received him, his Holy Spirit, in your life? It's time to give. It's time to turn back our lives, not by our will, but by his will. It's a time of surrendering. And I'm preparing people today. I'm preparing hearts today. I'm changing you in ways that's not possible for you to change. Because it's only by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but it's your choice. It's your choice. Who will you serve this day? Who will you serve this day? I'm the only way to the Father. I'm the only way to a life of blessings and honor and praise to the Heavenly Father who loves us, who cared for us, who sent his only begotten Son into this world. Hallelujah. Got a word from Bob Hagen back in 63, and it talks about a move of God coming. And it's going to be a move of God's people moving, a God of unity, a God of love, a God of compassion, who will move in these days. And I started painting this picture of what Kenneth Hagin saw back in 63. And it's about a move of God coming into this world. And it's by the Holy Spirit. And I, what I saw, when I read this word, I saw this picture. And it's this ball of fire coming to this earth. And he showed me this flag how many years ago, back when we were back at, uh, um, yeah, I forget what church it was, but this flag. So I painted this picture of this ball of fire coming, and it's the love of God. It's the power of a holy, mighty God. It's the blood of Jesus. And it's the glory of God all coming to one point. And all the way along the side was the Holy Spirit. The flags are the color of blue for the Holy Spirit. And coming out from that, the viewpoint together 
it's the fire of God coming. And I saw this, and uh, I had a guy made a flag. But the main thing was, I started painting this picture of all these hands coming up in the United States, just people praising God. And, and I was painting this, and the ball of fire coming. And one night, the Lord showed, showed me this. Uh, I was having trouble drawing the hands. And this song came to me. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. And it's our time to move because God's coming for a church with a spider ankle. God's coming for a church that loves him and wants to lay their lives down for him. And so it shall be because it's God's word. Turn in your Bible with me, if you would, to Job chapter 22. Now, there's a problem that a lot of us have with reading in Job. Because we're not sure which parts we should believe and which we shouldn't. All right? So I'm going to make it easy for you. And, and what I mean by that, if you're new with us, is in the book of Job, a lot of things were said in Job that needed to be repented of at the end of the book. When you get to the end... Man, they had to, Job had to repent for the things he said, and his friends had to repent for the things they said. And it wasn't necessarily so much that the things they said were wrong, but the heart they were set in was wrong. It wasn't so much that they got it all wrong, the principles they were laying out, but the accusations they were presenting it with was wrong. The context was wrong. And so, for example, you know, Job's three friends, they, they were blaming him for everything that had happened, and they were kept assigning motives to him and problems to him. And so he would keep defending himself and blaming God, right? And this whole argument goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth through the entire book until the end. And finally, God shows up, and he enters the, the discussion. And pretty soon, Job realizes, man, I should just shut up and not talk anymore because I really don't know what I'm talking about. And, uh, and he ends up repenting for the things that he said as well as uh, the Lord forgives the friends as well. So here's what I want you to understand. In this particular passage in, in Job 22, Eliaphaz is speaking to Job, and he is accusing of him of basically making, God, uh, making money, gold and silver, his God. And he's telling him, look, if you'd repent for that, if you, would, if you would love the Lord more than gold and silver, the Lord would do this and this and this for you. Now, it's true, the Lord would do those things for you. But it wasn't true that Job loved gold and silver more than God, right? So that's the part in here that wasn't true. So I want you to look down in verse 28. If you put it up on the screen, um, maybe put it up in the New King James, Job twenty-two twenty-eight. I'll wait for it to be on the screen before I, before I begin. Job twenty two twenty eight. You will also declare a thing. And it, it, now, this was his friend saying, if you'll make God your God, rather than gold and silver, you will also declare a thing and it will be established for you. So light will shine on your ways. Now, this is an absolute truth of the Lord, but it was just wrongfully added to an accusation that was made against Job. You understand what I'm saying? 
So we can believe the Scripture, just understand it, it wasn't given with the right heart at Job. So when you make a, this translation that I'm reading says, when you make a decision, it will be carried out. But the, the word is not decision, it's, it's decree or declare. When you make a declaration, the literal translation of it is, is you decree a command and it will be established to you. Or you declare a command. You give a command and it will be established for you. It will happen for you. That seems like a pretty strong statement, doesn't it? If you declare a thing that it would be established to you and that light would shine on your way. All right, go over to Isaiah, Isaiah 45. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, this is the first day of the rest of your life. That's true. Someone say, this is the first day of the rest of my life. Now here's the truth. This day will change your life if you'll take a hold of what I'm going to teach you and present to you this morning. This day will change the rest of your life in a powerful way. You'll become a lot more effective. You'll become more victorious. You will walk in ways that you didn't even know were possible if you'll grab a hold of the truths that I'm going to present to you. Look at your neighbor and say, you declare a thing and it will be established for you. All right, look in, in, in Isaiah 45 and verse 11. Also put this one up in the New King James. This is what the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and its Maker says. So who's speaking? This is what the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, says. Who's speaking? God. Okay. He says, ask me what is to happen to my sons. And instruct me about the work of my hands. The New King James says that ask me of things to come concerning my sons. So we should be asking Him, Lord, what's going to happen? What, what's coming? What, what's happening, Lord? And then He says, concerning the work of my hands, you command me. Now, a lot of the new translations um, will add question marks on the end of it. It's not there in the original, but they're trying to make it make sense because obviously we don't command God, and so that can't be right. And so he must be asking a question, or maybe he's talking in sarcasm. So they try to find all these ways to make this compatible with a powerless gospel and a powerless tongue. But I'm telling you this morning that the power of life and death is in your tongue and if you love it, you'll eat its fruit and that power will flow out of your mouth and mind and it will bring change to you in your environment. So here, ask me what is to happen. Lord, what is to happen in 2023? And then he says, tell me what to do. I mean, you're his agent in the earth, right? You're his ambassador. What does an ambassador do? It's on the ground, he's boots on the ground, he's looking around, he's saying, what's going on here? And then he sends a report home and says, this is what's needed here. Well, that's what you and I do as his agents on the earth. We've been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven, right? And the things we bind are bound on the earth, the things we loose are loosed on the earth, all from the authority of heaven. And that happens through our mouth. Let me say it this way, how does a king reign? With their mouth. A king doesn't go out and enforce the laws himself. He makes a decree. He sets a rule. That's how he rules. That's how he reigns, is by his words or by what he writes. And then others carry an, 
and enforce those things. So he says here, ask me what is to happen to my sons. Command me about the work of my hands. Now, if we'll read the next verse just in case you say, well, that, that word instruct or command, you know, some, some translation, well, they try to weaken it. Just look in verse 12 and, and we'll strengthen it again. It says, I made the earth and created humans on it. Who's speaking? God. Okay. He says, it was my hands that stretched out the heavens and I commanded everything in them. It's the same word as the word instruct or command up in the previous verse. I commanded everything in them. You command the work of my hands now. Tell me what needs to happen. This is why we are to pray. This is why we are to have petitions. That's a request. It's why we are to ask the Lord or require things of Him. That He is looking into the earth and saying, who's going to take me at my word? and pray things out that need prayed out, to say things that need said, to declare things and set things in motion that I need set in motion on the earth. You say, well, the Lord doesn't need me. Sure He does. That's why you're here. If He didn't need you, people wouldn't, wouldn't be here to begin with. He would have said, you know what? Jesus would have stood before the disciples before He ascended and said, hey, I've come. I've finished everything. It's all done. Guys, sit back on your couches and watch TV and I'm going up to hang out with the Father and see you after a while. Nothing for you to do. But that's not what He did. He, he assigned us with something to do. Look at your neighbor and tell him, this is the first day of the rest of my life. And I'm going to live differently. Look at Isaiah 43 and um, put this one up in the King James. Let's get all thee and thou-y. Isaiah 43 and verse 25. Now, I'm going to read it to you in this translation first, and then uh, I'm reading out of the CSB, and then um, we'll read it up on the screen together. The Lord is here speaking. He says, I am the one. I sweep away your transgressions for my own sake. And remember your sins no more. Well, that's great, right? Because now we can come boldly to the Father and not have that condemnation on us. He says, remind me. Is the Lord forgetful? No, He's not forgetful at all. But He still wants you to remind Him. The Lord knows what you need uh, before you ask Him, but He still wants you to ask. Right? The responsibility to ask is on you and I. He says, remind me. Let's argue the case together. He's not saying, don't argue with me. He's saying, we're on the same team. Let's go to court. This is legal language. Let's go to court and present and argue our case together. See, you're not alone. You're with Him. You're with Him. And then he says, make a declaration so that you may be vindicated. Let's see it up on the screen in the King James. Verse 26. I, even I, am he that blotted out thy transgression for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. What are you declaring? What are you saying? Are you directing the Lord about the work of His hands? See, the, first, the thing that came first was ask me what is to happen to my sons, and then tell me. Command me to do it. Not just make stuff up. Not just run off on your own. It has to come from a submitted tongue, a submitted heart. Remember Joshua? 
Back in Joshua 10, when they're out there fighting and he commands the sun to stand still, the sun and the moon to stand still, this is this in action. Command me regarding the work of my hands. I mean, there's lives in the balance, there's a battle going on, and it says it never happened before that and it never happened after that, where the sun stood still and it stood still for almost a whole day. We're just stayed still in the sky. I mean, how wild is that? I mean, that messes with globe theology, it messes with flat earth theology, it messes with everything. It's only a supernatural thing, right? That the sun and the moon would stand still in the sky and that He would hold everything together until the time came that they had won the victory. If the Lord's willing to stop the motion of the entire universe in order for victory to come, He certainly is not going to hold out on you and I. And what we face in 2023. But we have to open our mouth and declare things so that it can be established unto us. And that light would shine in our path. So what are you declaring? Are you saying what you have? Or are you calling things that be not as though they be? Remember, God was the one who calls things that be not. Calls things into existence that don't exist yet. Calling, he's not a liar. God's not a liar, right? And you and I are not liars. We speak from a matter of faith and from the spiritual truths that we have and call those things into existence into the natural realm. Go over to Isaiah 55. We've been here in Isaiah. Tell your neighbor, my words work for me. You know, the Lord showed up in Isaiah 55 is where you're going and, and we'll soon look at a few verses here. Um, the Lord comes to Jeremiah and gives him a vision and says, what did you see? And Jeremiah says, well, I saw an olive branch. And the Lord says, yeah, you saw correctly. Did you know the Lord likes puns? He likes dad jokes. He does. Because this was a pun. Because an olive branch is in their language, sounds the same as watch over. Watch over. So when you say watch over, it's the same as like saying olive branch. It sounds the same. We have many words like that. It's a pun. All right? So we ask him, what do you see? He says, an olive branch. Well, what's this got to do with anything, right? And the Lord says, you've seen correctly, I watch over my word to accomplish it. It was a pun. Right? So there you go. Those of you that like puns, now you've got scriptural reasons to do it. But he says, I watch over my word. I am watching. He is actively looking for his word to cause it to come to pass. Watching over his word. All right, in Isaiah 55 and verse 10, he says, Just as the rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth, making it germinate and spout, spout, yeah, sprout, and provide seed to sow and food to eat. Verse 11, here's key. So my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. What I send it to do. Here's the most powerful thing that you can do as a newborn again believer. Is believe His promise and because you believe it, speak it. In that speaking of it, in that returning His Word unto Him, He's watching over it to accomplish it, and you will have what you say. 
you will have what you say. I watch over my word to accomplish it. My word does not return to me empty, but it accomplishes everything that I want it to do. Proverbs 18, I quoted this to you already. Go over to Psalms 12. But in Proverbs 18, it says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Power of life and death. That's pretty amazing that we would be given such power. And the one who loves it will eat its fruits. In Psalms 12, we have unsubmitted tongues trying to operate on these principles. Remember David and Goliath. They both made declarations at the onset of that, of that fight. Goliath said, I'm doing this and this to you all. David said, Lord and I, we're doing this to you and to you all. And we know what happened. David prevailed. Because when faith-filled words with God accomplishing those words arrive on the scene, man-developed words are just completely ineffective against that. Right? The enemy's plan is ineffective against it. Well, here in Psalms 12, look down at verse 3. May the Lord cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks boastfully. Now, this is key. The tongue that speaks in pride or boastfully. All right? The next verse, and they say, through our tongues we have power. Our lips are our own. Who can be our master? Wow. They recognize there's power of life and death in the tongue, but they do not have a submitted tongue. They're saying they're our own, we're our own master, and they speak from a place of pride. In James chapter 4, that whole chapter is about that. In fact, I'll just go there and read to you a little bit. So he starts out in James chapter 4 talking about, man, why are you guys fighting and have all this strife and war among you? And you guys are, are asking and not receiving, or then you're not even asking. And he says, you guys are asking, it was their, their selfishness. And how many know that selfishness is a form of pride? They were asking selfishly the things they were coming to the Lord for. And so he starts to address this issue. In, in James 4, 6, he says how that the Lord, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So the issue is pride. This is what he's, he's bringing to them. Verse 7, he says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. In verse 10, he says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. The whole issue here was pride. And if you'll continue reading, he goes all the way down to verse 13. He says, come now, you who say, he's still correcting them. He says, you who say today or tomorrow, we will travel to such and such a city and spend a year there and do business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. A question. If they would have asked the Lord about what is to come concerning his sons, Right? We read the Scripture. Ask me, what is, to, what is to happen concerning my sons? If they would have done that, would they have known what is going to happen tomorrow? Yeah. But they didn't do that because they weren't submitted to Him. That's why He's saying, submit to the Lord. Humble yourself to the Lord. Stop being in pride. Instead, they're saying, you know what? We're going to go do this and this. And they're not even checking in with the Lord. Is this what the Lord wants? They don't know His will. They're just using their tongue in pride, stating things. He goes on and He says here, he goes, uh, for you are like a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. See, they didn't know what the Lord's will was. 
That was the point. They weren't checking in with Him. They weren't asking Him. And once you check in and you ask Him, now open your mouth and make the declaration. Because He says here, He says, but as it is, you boast in your arrogance. See, the issue was pride. All such boasting is evil. So let's not have pride-filled mouths in our declarations. Let's have submitted tongues that speak out what we have gone to the Lord and asked Him about and declare and return His Word to Him, believing it. And it will be done for you and I. Go to Mark 11. Mark 11, the famous chapter on faith. In Mark 11, um, so the context here was Jesus and the disciples had gone to Jerusalem. Jesus was hungry. He saw a fig tree. He, he thought it would have figs on it. He goes down. It doesn't. He curses the tree, tells it that no one will ever eat fruit on you again. And the next day as they go walking by in verse 20 of Mark 11, early in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. See, he's astonished. It happened so quickly. And Jesus replied to them, have faith in God. Now, a literal translation would be have, have the God kind of faith or the faith of God. Or the BBE translates it this way, have God's faith. Have the God kind of faith. Verse 23, now listen. He said, um, put it up in, let's see, the, put it up in the New King James. And I want you to notice that as I read through here, he mentions their mouth three times and he mentions their, their heart, their believing one time. He says, assuredly I say to you, whoever says, there's one, to this mountain, be removed. Now, understand this, that they were talking about a tree that had withered up. But now he directs their attention to this big mountain standing over here. And he turns and he, he increases what just happened to an even bigger deal now, this mountain. And he, he looks at the mountain and he says, if you will do what? Say to the mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now, the trouble is, is a lot of people have tried to speak themselves into faith, right? They say things to try to convince themselves of the truth of what God is saying. So they try to get into faith by saying it. We call that a formula. Okay? And formulas don't go over well with God. They usually just wind up empty. I, I understand that if you believe in the power of your words, that if you're speaking things as an act of faith to get yourself into a position that you want to be, that's one thing. But don't say things trying to convince yourself. Rather, say them because you believe it. Say them because you believe it. Not because you're trying to convince yourself. Remember where in Scripture it says, let the weak say, I am strong. He's not telling them to say it to try to bootstrap yourself into strength. To convince yourself. Psychological mind game. You know, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong. Yay, I'm strong. That's not what he's saying. He's saying you read the promise of God, you believe the promise of God, and because you believe it, you now say it. I am strong. Why would I say that? Because the Word says so. I'm strong. See, speaking from a heart of belief is now not a formula. It's just simply believing what the Lord says. So that's why he says, if you say to the mountain, and don't doubt, but believe in your heart, the things you say, that you're going to have whatever you say. And that's like 
And this is an incredible promise. Whatever. I mean, not just like, this applies to three things, but whatever I say, yeah. The God kind of faith. Now, keep in mind, where does faith come from? It comes from the Word of God. And if you want to be in faith for something, find His Word on it. it. That could be from Scripture or asking the Lord and Him giving you direction on the inside what to do. And faith will come from that. Put up one more Scripture and then we're going to go through some confessions and declarations. 2 Corinthians um, 1 verse 20. Put it up in the NIV. 2 Corinthians 1.20 Look, when you say a thing, when you return unto the Lord His Word, which will not return void, but it will accomplish what it was sent to do because He's watching over His Word to accomplish it. When you open your mouth and speak because you believe it. See, here's the thing. If you believe something, you can't keep yourself quiet about it. If you're hoping something happens, you may be more timid in, in voicing your hopes. Right? Right? 2 Corinthians 1.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. He is the fulfillment of them. He is the access. He is the answer. They are yes in Christ. And so through Him, amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Put it up in the ESV. And then we'll also do the uh, New King James. In the ESV, <clears throat> all the promises of God are yes and amen. Uh, we, we say that all the time. It's a phrase that we say, right? All the promises of God are yes and amen. Here in the NIV or ESV, it says, for all the promises of God find their yes in Him. That is why it is through Him that we utter our amen to God for His glory. You know what amen means? It means so be it, right? So be it. You're establishing it. All right, in the New King James... This may be a little bit more uh, a familiar language to you. For all the promises of God in Him are yes. And in Him, amen. In Him, so be it to the glory of God through us. See, He wants to use you. He wants to work through you. He wants to speak through you. Are you stifling the Holy Spirit? Are you speaking your problems or are you speaking the solution? The answer, the promise, the promise, the promise. And I know sometimes the wind and waves come up and you begin to sink and you cry out help, but guess what? He didn't let Peter go to the bottom and neither will he you. He stopped him partway through the sink. It's amazing. That's always so comforting to me. All right, we're going to go through a number of declarations. And it's not going to be repeat after me. We're going to read them together, declare them together, but person, I've personalized these, and I want you to take ownership of them from a heart of faith. If you believe the promises of God, speak them like you believe it. How many know that the Word of God is personally applicable? Yeah. Like you can take it and apply it to you. So, so that's what, what we've done. Um, if you'll go to the next slide. These declarations are not direct quotes from Scripture. They have been personalized and paraphrased to apply to you. At the bottom of each declaration, I've put the Scripture references that I'm basing these declarations on. 
And if you have been around us or around the Word of Faith movement for any length of time, you know there's been many people that have done these types of things. Charles Capps is probably the most, uh, most popular in that way. So let's, let's go through and let's, let's declare these over ourselves, over 2023, and over the rest of our lives, because today is the first day of the rest of your life. The first two or three are simply positioning ourselves for why our words, the rest of our declarations matter. Okay? I carry the power of life and death in my tongue, and I love it. My tongue is set apart to bless and for God's life-giving purposes. Jesus Christ is my Lord, and I believe in my heart that God has raised Him up from the dead, and that He now lives as my high priest to make intercession for me. Therefore, I approach the throne of grace with boldness, and I receive mercy and find grace to help me anytime I need it. Let's stop there for a moment. Why is it important that you say these things? You know, there is something, um, he didn't come up with it, but Apostle Dale was the first one I heard it from, so to me, he came up with it, right? But I learned something from him that he would say, you're the best preacher you'll ever hear. Meaning, when it comes out of my mouth and goes into my ears, and when I am speaking it from a heart of faith, it settles more concretely into my spirit than if you say it to me. And it's why it's important for us to say things. Have you ever noticed when you, maybe you have a feeling. Let's take fear, for example. You feel fear. That if you'll give voice to it and say, I feel afraid, suddenly it intensifies. Or if you are in the positive, saying, you know, it's going to be a good day. Suddenly on the inside, "Mm, your spirit agrees with that and it's like, yeah, it's going to be a good day. See, it, it becomes stronger as you speak it out of your mouth. So the reason I'm doing this today, the reason you're doing this today, is because I want you to preach your own sermon. Because it'll go a lot further than if I say it to you. All right, let's go to the next slide. <clears throat> I am a part of the body of Christ. Satan has no power over me. I overcome evil with good. I am of God and overcome the evil one because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will fear no evil for you, Lord, are with me. Your word and your spirit, they comfort me. I am far from oppression and fear does not come near me because I am established in righteousness. No weapon formed against me will succeed for my righteousness is of the Lord. Whatever I do will prosper because I am like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. I am delivered from this present evil age according to the will of my God and Father. No evil will overtake me, nor will any plague come near my home. The Lord has commanded His angels to protect me in all my ways, and in my pathway is life, and there is no death. Jesus Christ has given me the authority to trample on demonic spirits and their dominions. Nothing can ever harm me in any way. I search for and discover the wisdom and understanding of God. His wisdom gives me long life, riches, and honor. My ways are pleasant and my paths are peaceful, and I am blessed in my deeds. 
I hear and obey the Word of God. I am happy in whatever I do because I am a doer of the Word of God. My faith is a shield all around me and with it I cancel every flaming arrow of evil that comes against me. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I forbid any sickness or disease to come on my body. Every disease, germ, and every virus that touches my body dies instantly in the name of Jesus. Every cell and every organ in my body operates perfectly the way God created it to operate. And I forbid any malfunction in my body in the name of Jesus Christ. I am in Christ Jesus, and the law of the Spirit of life has completely set me free and exempted me from the law of sin and death. This includes condemnation, fear, sickness, and poverty. The law of life works mightily in me. I am an overcomer, and I overcome the evil one by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I do not fear death, because death has no place in me. I am submitted to God, and the devil flees from me. I resist him in the identity of Jesus Christ. The Word of God is forever settled in heaven, and He watches over His Word to accomplish it. Therefore, His Word is in my mouth and in my heart, and I proclaim His Word upon this earth. My children are taught of the Lord, and they are blessed with peaceful prosperity. I give my body to God as a living sacrifice. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in me. I am not my own. I was purchased by the life and blood of Jesus. Therefore, in His identity, I refuse to overeat or be, overeat. I refuse to overeat or become addicted to anything. My body will obey me in the name of Jesus and yield to the Word of God. I consider the desires of my flesh to be dead, and I present my body set apart, holy, and pleasing to the Lord. I've been raised with Christ, and I stay hidden in Him, and my mind is set on things above. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed me from poverty. Christ has redeemed me from sickness. Christ has redeemed me from calamity. Christ has redeemed me from spiritual death. In the place of poverty, He has given me wealth. For sickness, He has given me health. For death, He has given me eternal life. I am revived according to the Word of God, and I am strong. God forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from the pit. He crowns me with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies me with goodness and renews me to youthfulness. Jesus Christ bore my sickness and carried my pains. He paid my debt of sin, and by His wounds I am healed. I am the healed of the Lord. I delight in the Lord. He gives me the desires of my heart. I am convinced that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I am a giver, and as I give, it is also given to me in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing, it is poured into my lap. With the measure I use, it will be measured back to me. I sow generously, therefore I reap generously. I give cheerfully, which my God loves. 
And He makes all grace overflow toward me, so that in all things, at all times, having all that I need, I do overflow in all good works. The Lord is my good shepherd, and I do not lack. He supplies all of my needs according to His unending riches in glory. Jesus was made poor, so that through His poverty I might be made rich. Jesus was made sin, so that I could be made righteous in Him. He came so I could have life and have it more abundantly. Because I have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, I reign as a king in life by the one Jesus Christ. The Lord takes pleasure in my peace-filled, all-encompassing prosperity because I am His child and Abraham's blessings are mine. The Spirit of truth lives in me and teaches me all things. He guides me into all truth. I confess that I have perfect knowledge regarding any situation that I encounter. And I have the wisdom of God on the inside of me. I trust in the Lord with all my heart and I do not rely on my own understanding. In all my ways I know the Lord and He makes my path straight. The Lord will accomplish His purposes in and through me. I let the Word of Christ live richly in me, which makes all wisdom available to me. I follow the Good Shepherd because I know His voice. I do not listen to or follow the voice of a stranger. Jesus was made for me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. I have the wisdom of God, and I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I am a new creation in Christ. I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I have the mind of Christ, and the wisdom of God is working mightily in me. I have been crucified with Christ and have put to death the old nature. And by faith I have put on God's nature, which is Christ in me. I am renewed in knowledge according to the likeness of Him who created me. I receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The eyes of my mind are enlightened, and I do not conform to this world. Instead, I am continually transformed by the renewing of my mind. My mind is renewed by the Word of God. I am increasing in the knowledge of God, so that I bear fruit in every good work. I am strengthened with all power according to His glorious strength. Therefore, I have great endurance and patience. I am delivered from the authority of darkness, and I have been transferred into the kingdom of the Son of His love. I am born of God, and I walk in victory, because I have world-conquering faith living in me. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I deliberately think on whatever things are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and of a good report. Do not permit a rotten word to go out of my mouth. I speak only words that build others up and give grace to those who hear. I'll not grieve God's Holy Spirit by whom I am sealed to the day of redemption. I speak the truth in love and I grow up in all things into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ 
who is my head. The Word of God is truth. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer, and grace flows from my lips. As for me, I am filled with the Spirit of the Lord, with power, justice, and the courage to tell the good news of salvation. No one can snatch me out of the Father's hand because I have eternal life. The peace of God rules my heart and I refuse to worry about anything. I intently fix my gaze on the living Word of God because it is life to me. It is health and healing to my whole body. He sent His Word and He healed me. God lives in me now, so who can stand against me? I believe His promises, which make me a partaker of His divine nature. He has given me everything required for life and godliness. Jesus has given me the keys to the kingdom of heaven and the authority to use His name. Anything I bind on earth is bound from heaven, and anything I loose on earth is loosed from heaven. Therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind the rulers, the authorities, the world rulers of darkness of this age, and the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. They are now harmless and have no effect against me. I am filled with Him who is the head over every ruler and authority. I am His workmanship, created new in Christ Jesus, for the good works which God prepared for me to do. I am a believer, and these signs do accompany me. In the name of Jesus, I cast out demons. I speak in new tongues. No devil can harm me. I lay hands on the sick, and they do recover. Hallelujah! How many of you are stronger than what you were before you said all of that? It builds you up. It feeds your spirit. It causes the life of God to rise up in you. You want more of that? Alright, stand up with me and we're going to go through them all again. Speak them from a heart of faith, of declaration that this is your reality in 2023. That these things will come to pass for you every day, every minute, every hour, every second. And that you'll not take your eyes off of His promises. All right? I carry the power of life and death in my tongue, and I love it. My tongue is set apart to bless and for God's life-giving purposes. Jesus Christ is my Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised Him from the dead, and that He now lives as my high priest to make intercession for me. Therefore, I approach the throne of grace with boldness, and I receive mercy and find grace to help me anytime I need it. I am a part of the body of Christ. Satan has no power over me. I overcome evil with good. I am of God and have overcome the evil one because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will fear no evil, for you, Lord, are with me. Your word and your spirit, they comfort me. I am far from oppression, and fear does not come near me because I am established in righteousness. No weapon formed against me will succeed, for my righteousness is of the Lord. Whatever I do will prosper because I'm like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living water. I am delivered from this present evil age according to the will of my God and Father. No evil will overtake me, nor will any plague come near my home. 
The Lord has commanded His angels to protect me in all my ways. And in my pathway is life and there is no death. Jesus Christ has given me the authority to trample on demonic spirits and their dominions. Nothing can ever harm me in any way. I search for and discover the wisdom and understanding of God. His wisdom gives me long life, riches, and honor. My ways are pleasant and my paths are peaceful and I am blessed in my deeds. I hear and obey the Word of God. I am happy in whatever I do because I am a doer of the Word of God. My faith is a shield around me, and with it I cancel every flaming arrow of evil that comes against me. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Therefore, I forbid any sickness or disease to come on my body. Every disease, germ, and every virus that touches my body dies instantly in the name of Jesus. Every cell and every organ in my body operates perfectly the way God created it to operate. And I forbid any malfunction in my body in the name of Jesus Christ. I am in Christ Jesus and the law of the Spirit of life has completely set me free and exempted me from the law of sin and death. This includes condemnation, fear, sickness, and poverty. The law of life works mightily in me. I am an overcomer and I overcome the evil one by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I do not fear death because death has no place in me. I am submitted to God and the devil flees from me. I resist him in the identity of Jesus Christ. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. And He watches over His Word to accomplish it. Therefore, His Word is in my mouth and in my heart. And I proclaim His Word upon this earth. My children are taught of the Lord. And they are blessed with peaceful prosperity. I give my body to God as a living sacrifice. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in me. I am not my own. I was purchased by the life and blood of Jesus. Therefore, in His identity, I refuse to overeat or become to anything. Body, you will obey me in the name of Jesus and yield to the Word of God. I consider the desires of my flesh to be dead, and I present my body set apart, holy, and pleasing to the Lord. With Christ, and I stay hidden in Him, and my mind is set on things above. Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed me from poverty. Christ has redeemed me from sickness. Christ has redeemed me from calamity. Christ has redeemed me from spiritual death. In the place of poverty, He has given me wealth. For sickness, He has given me health. For death, He has given me eternal life. I am revived according to the Word of God. And I am strong. God forgives all my sins. He heals all my diseases. He redeems me from the pit. He crowns me with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies me with goodness and renews me to youthfulness. Jesus Christ bore my sickness and carried my pains. He paid my debt of sin and by His wounds I was healed. I am the healed of the Lord. I delight in the Lord. And He gives me the desires of my heart. 
I am convinced that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I am a giver, and as I give, it is also given to me. In good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing, it is poured into my lap. With the measure I use, it is measured back to me. I sow generously, therefore I reap generously. I give cheerfully, which my God loves. And He makes all grace overflow toward me, so that in all things, at all times, having all that I need, I do overflow in all good works. The Lord is my good shepherd, and I do not lack. He supplies all of my needs according to His unending riches in glory. Jesus was made poor so that through His poverty I might be made rich. Jesus was made sin so that I could be made righteous in Him. He came so I could have life and have it more abundantly. Because I have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, I reign as a king in life by the one Jesus Christ. The Lord takes pleasure in my peace-filled, all-encompassing prosperity because I am His child and Abraham's blessings are mine. The Spirit of truth lives in me and teaches me all things. He guides me into all truth. I confess that I have perfect knowledge regarding any situation that I encounter. And I have the wisdom of God on the inside of me. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I do not rely on my own understanding. In all my ways, I know the Lord, and He makes my paths straight. The Lord will accomplish His purposes in and through me. I let the Word of Christ live richly in me, which makes all wisdom available to me. I follow the Good Shepherd because I know His voice. I do not listen to or follow the voice of a stranger. Jesus was made for me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. I have the wisdom of God, and I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I am a new creation in Christ. I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I have the mind of Christ, and the wisdom of God is working mightily in me. I have been crucified with Christ, and have put to death the old nature, and by faith I have put on God's nature, which is Christ in me. I am renewed in the knowledge according to the likeness of Him who created me. I receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation. The eyes of my mind are enlightened. And I do not conform to this world. Instead, I am continually transformed by the renewing of my mind. My mind is renewed by the Word of God. I am increasing in the knowledge of God so that I bear fruit in every good work. I am strengthened with all power according to His glorious strength. Therefore, I have great endurance and patience. I am delivered from the authority of darkness. And I've been transferred into the kingdom of the Son of His love. I am born of God and I walk in victory because I have world-conquering faith living in me. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. 
The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I deliberately think on whatever things are true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and of a good report. I do not permit a rotten word to go out of my mouth. I speak only words that build others up and give grace to those who hear. I'll not grieve God's Holy Spirit by whom I am sealed to the day of redemption. I speak the truth in love and I grow up in all things into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ who is my head. The Word of God is truth. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer and grace flows from my lips. As for me, I am filled with the Spirit of the Lord, with power, justice, and the courage to tell the good news of salvation. No one can snatch me out of the Father's hand because I have eternal life. The peace of God rules my heart and I refuse to worry about anything. I intently fix my gaze on the living Word of God because it is life to me. It is health and healing to my whole body. He sent His Word and healed me. God lives in me now, so who can stand against me? I believe His promises which make me a partaker of His divine nature. He has given me everything required for life and godliness. Jesus has given me the keys to the kingdom of heaven and the authority to use His name. Anything I bind on earth is bound from heaven. And anything I loose on earth is loosed from heaven. Therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind the rulers, the authorities, the world rulers of darkness of this age, and the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. They are now harmless and have no effect against me. I am filled with Him who is the head over every ruler and authority. I am His workmanship, created new in Christ Jesus for the good works which God prepared for me to do. I am a believer, and these signs do accompany me. In the name of Jesus, I cast out demons. I speak in new tongues. No devil can harm me. I lay hands on the sick, and they do recover. Let's say that one again. I am a believer, and these signs do accompany me. In the name of Jesus, I cast out demons. I speak in new tongues. No devil can harm me. I lay hands on the sick and they do recover. You, you shall declare a thing and it will be established for you. And light will shine in your way. This is how our 2023 is going to be. We will declare things. We will speak out things after we have sought the Lord and said, Lord, what would you have me to say? What would you have me to pray? What would you have me to begin to do? And then we're going to say them and we're going to pray them and we're going to do them and we're going to see a revival come into everything that we touch. A revival from the Lord by the Spirit of the Lord and things are going to go up and not down. And we're going to be the head and not the tail. And we're going to overcome and not go underneath. And we are going to show forth the praises of Him who sent us into this place in glorious light in Jesus' name. I don't know how to close, so let's just wait. Father, I just invite You right now by Your Spirit to direct us, to lead us, to guide us. And Lord, that You would bring forth
by a spirit of revelation, of seeing and of knowing. The things that we ought to know and declare forth. The things that we ought to say and ask you for. The things that we ought to set forth to accomplish and do. The word that we should return to you, Lord, this is what I'm asking for. That you would give us insight and knowledge and that your wisdom will flow in and through us even in this moment right here as we wait on you. So let's just pray in the Spirit. John, if you would come on keys. And um, what we're going to do is let's pray in the Spirit. And the Lord has wants to say some things. He wants us to say some things. He wants us to declare some things. He wants us to pray some things. And so if the Lord puts something on your heart and directs you, come up and, um, and let's do that. This is, this is the opportunity for the Lord to move through His people. We're not in a hurry. Lord, I worship you. Thank you, Father, for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for your blessings on us. That's it. Just start telling Him what you're thankful for. Praise Him for what He's done for you in 2023. Lord, I thank You for where You've brought us through. I thank You for where we've overcome, where we have grown in health, where we've grown spiritually. Thank You for revealing truth to us, for delivering us from the fowler, for bringing us out of traps, for setting us free. Father, I thank You that You've given us Your Spirit of freedom and life and I bless You, Lord. Thank You for deliverance. Thank You for finances. Thank You for paying all the bills of 2022. Every bill is paid in Jesus' name. Thank You, Lord that You have brought people to us, that You've hooked us together in 2022. I bless You, and I give You thanksgiving, Father, that You've not let one word fall unfulfilled to the ground. The Word of the Lord in James... Chapter 1, verse 22 says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the truth, and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer everybody say doer doer a doer of the work or of the word this one will be blessed in what he does we spoke the truth this morning it was the absolute truth it's what god the father speaks about each one of us we can look at those words, we can say those words, but if it doesn't transform us, if it doesn't bring change in our life, then James says we deceive ourselves. He wants us to be transformed in our doing of the word, that there's manifestation that not only God can see, but people can see. And we're deceiving ourselves if we stand here and say all those words and don't make that happen in our life. By the power of the Holy Spirit, it is what God wants. But we have a part to play. 
So if there's something in your life today that you know has to change, the Holy Spirit is really going to help you this year to make that change. You have to replace it with something else. You can't wish it away. You can't speak it away. You have to make a change in a different direction. And God wants that as much as you'd want that. But he's waiting for our cooperation. And he, as we step out, he, his power, his glory, his grace will be an abundant supply to help you transform and change going forward. I just want to uh, thank Pastor for encouraging us by, by stepping into doing the work of the confession of our faith. For some of us, it's, it's new. And for some, it's even tiring. For some, it might, they might say, well, that seems boring. Well, that's because you're a Christian, but you need to take that step into discipling. A disciple, I want to call you in 2023 to be a disciple. And it simply means a disciplined follower. We sometimes are so spiritual that we like to understand and to enjoy the things of God. But James used a word called work. And don't be afraid of work. You can improve spiritually the same way you can improve mentally. You can improve spiritually the same way you can improve physically. You go to the gym and you do your exercises, you see the results. If you want to see the spiritual results in 2023, I just want to leave, leave with you a few encouraging words. Number one, make, make a habit of reading your Bible. Make a habit of reading your Bible. Someone says, well, how do I begin? Begin in Genesis 1 and read five chapters. Turn to Matthew and read five chapters. Get a little piece of paper and mark what you've read. Put a, a bookmark in there. But make a habit. Read five chapters in, in the old and five in the new. You'll work through the old in a year. You'll work through the New Testament twice. So it, it, it's, it, it's just taking a little bite at a time, right? But your life will never be the same. Read your Bible. The privilege that we have, that we've got 10,000 translations and 10,000 ways to stick it between leather so we can put it on a shelf and admire it. Please, friends. Yes. If yes. there's anything you can do, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Amen? The second is your prayer life. Yes. The Bible says, he that speaks in another tongue edifies himself. Edifies himself. We all have time to pray. You, you, you got the commuting time on a bus. You've got driving time to work in your car. One of the greatest testimonies I ever heard was from Jim uh, uh, Sorensen, where he said he didn't have any time. He was managing a business, uh, running another one. He had children. But the Lord said, don't you take a shower every morning? And he simply determined when he closed the bathroom door behind him, he would begin to speak in other tongues until he was done. Now, I don't know how he handled brushing his teeth in tongues, but you know what I'm saying. But in, in just a few short weeks, his life was completely revolutionized. 
All these are the disciplines that pastors brought across. Is confessing his word. You, you know, you can get one of those little booklets. Maybe he'll print that out for you. I know Terry, every time she walks with her friend, that's what they confess out loud while they're walking. Confess God's word. Confess God's word. Somebody says, but why do I have to say it? You don't have to. You get to. You, you learn to love this. Why would you want to say anything else? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. God's word says to say it. Amen. Amen. I, can't, I can't give you any greater blessing. If you'll follow those things, I have all of the confidence uh, 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 in heaven that your life will be at a different level and at a different plane. Who cares about 2023? What I care about is you in 2023. Amen. Make it your year. Glory to God. I'd like to prophesy, I'd like to look into the, the far-off future. But one way to look into the far-off future is to create a new you. For you to be the disciple of the Lord that He's asked us to be. I decree a new boldness on CWI. Yes. I decree an increase of favor on the people of CWI. I decree an increase of strength. I decree an increase of the move of the Spirit through the people of CWI. I decree a moving into place and position in the plan of God for your life. Yes. Father, I just... We come to you this, this new year brand new shiny year and we surrender to you our way we surrender to you our dreams and our plans and Lord I know that your goodness is going to be poured out on us as we do that Lord I'm asking for your blessing and your peace to be upon this new endeavor that you've directed in church planting in Richmond, Virginia. Lord, I ask you to cause it to succeed. I ask you to pour out your anointing on that place and on the teachers and the people that will go. I ask you to call in the people, touch the hearts that are supposed to be a part of that work, stir them right now, draw them in from every side of that city. Lord, let your spirit go out before us to perform signs and wonders and miracles, to make waves in that place. Break it open, Lord. Break up the fallow ground. We want to hit the mark of the high calling of the purpose of God for our life. Lord, without you, we cannot do that. But with you, we can accomplish everything you've commissioned us to do. So I just want to give you praise. Thank you for this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So we have our home groups continue uh, this week and next next week um, before we will reset and uh, begin again shortly thereafter. Here's my homework for you for the next two weeks. If you're in a home group, great. If you're not, find one to join for the next two weeks. 
and this is the assignment for the home groups when they get together, that they would cover or ask the Lord what they should pray out and then pray that out. And in particular, in regards to church planting and in Virginia, as well as the other places that are coming. With a focused prayer, a focused united prayer on, on this issue. And, and take time to wait upon the Lord and then pray and say and ask those things. Can we do that? Where's my home group leaders? <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for, just thank you for everything. We bless you, Lord. Lord, I send these people out into the mission field in the name of Jesus with your anointing, with your grace, with your eyes to see, with ears to hear, to be the salt and light that you've created us to be to bring heaven to earth everywhere that our foot goes in the name of Jesus. And someone say, so be it. So be it. Well, one way that we love God is we love on one another. So take the time to do that this morning. morning, everyone. Happy, healthy, blessed New Year's to each and every one of you. Amen. Glad that you're here. So glad that you're here. God bless you. You know, through this Christmas season, uh, my favorite song was Joy to the World. And one particular line kept resonating in my spirit. Let every heart prepare him room. And I kept thinking about that. And here we are in the doorway of a fresh new year, 2023. And Lamentation chapter 3 talks about, in verse 23, it says that the compassion, the love, the mercies of the Lord fail not. They are new every morning. They're fresh. They're available every single morning. That, it's not just the beginning of a new year, but it's every morning. His love and mercy is fresh. Great is His faithfulness. He is so faithful to help us make more room for Jesus this coming year. And really that would be a wonderful thing that we would all pray and aspire to. More of Jesus, less of me. Amen? Well, let's stand together today as family in the house of God. And let's praise and celebrate and worship the one true God, Jesus Christ, as he walks in our midst this morning. Amen? Ushers, if you would come prepare the uh, communion elements. We're going to take communion in a moment here. And while you're filing through, we're going to have you come up the center aisle. And if you're new here with us, by the way, the way we do communion here is everyone's invited, men, women, and children. And um, it, we believe that the elements are for all. 
in that they represent the blood and body of the Lord Jesus Christ and the covenant that He made with us. And so we want to start off 2023 in covenant. That He is our source for everything. That there's no part that's left out. That He is our healer. He's our provider. He is our, our comforter. You know, we can just go down all the names that God has and what those names mean and that that is who He is to us in 2023. And we commit this year to Him in covenant. And this week I've been... Actually, over the last two weeks, at different times that I'd ask the Lord, Lord, where would you like me to read? And, and He would send me to Isaiah 23, which is a little bit of a strange place to go, at, I thought so at first, until I stopped and said, all right, Lord, what are you trying to tell me out of Isaiah 23? And He took me to the last couple of verses, but I'll set the stage for you first. Actually, why don't you guys file through um, let's start in the back and come up the center aisle and then go around the outsides back to your seats and just hold the elements until we're all together and we'll take it together. And then we are, we are so privileged to have Apostle Dale back home with us. Everyone give a praise shout to the Lord. I'm going to ask him to come lead us in the taking of the elements when we get to that point. Would that, would that be okay? Um. But let me tell you a little bit about Isaiah 23. So as you come through, just be listening to me, please. So in Isaiah 23, the prophet Isaiah has a word of the Lord, and he gives a, an announcement of judgment against the cities of Tyre and Sidon. Now, Tyre and Sidon were the economic centers of their time. They were the places where the economy was thriving and flowing, and, and they had, a, had an arbor there where all the ships would come in, and they would do business with Egypt and all the different places around the world at that time. And so the judgment of the Lord comes against them and calls them into captivity and talks to them about the difficulties they're going to face economically. And then down in about verse uh, let's see, 17. It says, At the end of 70 years, the Lord will restore Tyre, and she will go back into business, prostituting herself with all the kingdoms of the world throughout the earth. Now, we know that economic rises and falls since the beginning of mankind have come. And we've, we've seen some of them in our own lifetime. So don't be surprised when you see more of those types of things happening. But verse 18 is where I want to draw your attention, and this is what the Lord ministered to me. And the reason that this verse is important for us, starting in 2023, is because the Lord is, this is a supernatural year of the Lord for you and I. Supernatural provision, a supernatural walk with the Lord, supernatural vision, supernatural obedience is what this year is going to require of us. And it says here in verse 18, it says, Her prophets... And wages, talking about the city of Tyre, who is not worshiping the Lord, her prophets and wages will be dedicated to the Lord. So he is calling them into the kingdom. In fact, if you look back at history, they had been gone away for 70 years into captivity with the Babylonians, these cities. And when they returned, when Christianity came, it spread. Those were two of the first places that it spread to. And the city of Tyre became an economic resource for the kingdom of God, for the missionary journeys that happened through Paul's lifetime and later. So I find that interesting. So he is giving an announcement that their wealth will come into the kingdom. He goes on and he says, they will not be stored or saved. The prophets will not be stored or saved. The money, he's saying, will not be stored or saved. 
For her profit will go to those, listen carefully, who live in the Lord's presence to provide them with ample food and sacred clothing. Ample food, more than enough, and sacred clothing. Holy clothing with a holy purpose. The prophets of the world around us are going to flow into the kingdom of God for supernatural provision for you and I. Who can lay their hold on to that? But who does it say it's going to be to? To those who live in where? The Lord's presence. The Lord's presence. So this year, make it your aim to live in the Lord's presence in a way that allows Him to operate supernaturally through you and in you. With this covenant meal that we're going to take right here. I want to encourage you that so many times we like to see the provision before we agree to step out in obedience with it. We would like to see the Red Sea part before we actually have need to cross it. We would like to see the water freeze and become so that we can walk on it before we step out of the boat. That's what the natural man wants. That's what we would like, is to always see the provision before we're actually in need of it. But if you start to pay attention in Scripture, they usually were in need of the provision between the rock and proverbial hard place, or in this case, the wet place, the Red Sea, right? Before it opened and they were able to walk across. So let's determine that we're going to face the problem We're going to face the mountain. We're going to walk in its direction and rely on the Lord to be all that we need to overcome. Apostle Dale, would you come? Well, praise the Lord. As Pastor mentioned, we're entering or celebrating a covenant we already belong to. Amen? Jesus, when he introduced communion he said this cup is the cup my blood of my blood this is the cup of the new testament the new covenant we celebrate the new covenant now as a type and a shadow in the old testament we had the passover meal i want to be really clear communion what we celebrate right now is not the passover meal any more than any of the types and the shadows were the reality They simply pointed to the greater reality. A shadow is is something that gives us understanding. You can see the form, but you can't partake of the reality. It's the difference between when I'm traveling and I look at a picture of my child or my grandkid, or I come back and now I have my grandchild, you know, pulling on my fingers, right? There's a difference between type and shadow. The reason I want to say that is the shadow is always weaker than the reality. Any of the Old Testament types, for example, that foreshadowed Jesus were, were much less than who Jesus is. Are, are you following me? Right? Melchizedek was a type and a shadow of Jesus, but just a faint image. When the greater comes, we need to celebrate the greater. 
Hebrews says that we have a more sure covenant with greater promises. Now the reason I want to say that is it doesn't matter what 2.23 holds. We hold the covenant. Amen. And before they took a, the Passover, the shadow, right? They, before they were delivered, before the angel brought destruction to Egypt, before they went to the Red Sea, they sat down and they had the Passover. And part of the Passover, you remember, they put blood on the doorposts. Why? Because it doesn't matter what's outside. It matters what's inside. Amen. And as great as God's deliverance was in Egypt, how many of you know with all of those plagues, He didn't plague Israel. He didn't plague the covenant people. Are you covenant people? I, I, I think we need to remind ourselves and not be filled with fear. There is no fear here. You can look around the world, especially with our internet and our media, and you can drink the poison of fear on a daily diet every day. And it, and it is bad. But this, my friends, this is the covenant made in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the bread. He said, this is my body, which was broken for you. Isaiah foresaw it. He, he, he said that he was a man acquainted with sicknesses and diseases. Your sicknesses and your diseases. His body was broken for you. And when Jesus took the bread, he gave thanks. Hallelujah. So go and take the bread and receive divine healing right now. It was provided for you by the death of the body of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. of bread it takes time to enjoy it <laughs> types and shadows are important friends because the bread doesn't become the actual body of the Lord it's not transubstantiation like the Catholics teach it's again another type and shadow of a greater reality his real body was put upon a cross. And His real healing power is in you now. Don't go looking at me saying, I don't feel anything. You pop ibuprofen, you don't feel anything either. His healing power is at work in your body now. And He said, this cup is the, the cup of the New Testament. This is my blood shed for you. Don't let the devil lie to you in any spirit of condemnation. There is no stain that this blood cannot remove from your life. There is no sin after this blood touches your lips. We are the redeemed, and the redeemed of the Lord ought to say so. Take this and be free of all sin, all unrighteousness, cleansed in His sight, in Jesus' name.
Are you forgiven and free? Are you forgiven and free? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I bless you and honor you for the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for 2023. It doesn't matter what's outside, Lord. We're in covenant with you. We're in covenant with you. I caught the covenant. I didn't catch COVID. I caught the covenant in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. Someone say, this is the year of my healing. Um, Go ahead and pass your uh, cups into the center aisle. Someone say, now is the time of salvation. And it belongs to me. And I'm drinking the full cup. Hallelujah. Well, we'll go ahead and release the children to their classes and the teachers. And while they're going, make this one of the most blessed churches that you know of. And greet someone, introduce yourself, bless someone. Well, good morning and Happy New Year to everyone. It's good to be with you and be able to say good morning. (laughs) Well, we welcome you here. If this is your very first time to Church of the Word International, could you just raise your hand if this is your first time here so we can acknowledge you, welcome you right here. Thank you for coming out this morning. Trust you'll be blessed. Um, All right, well, as part of our honor to the Lord and demonstrating that He is our source, we're going to return the tithe. So if you need a cash envelope, you can raise your hand, and the ushers will bring one to you. If you're giving by credit card, do fill out all of the blanks. We actually need every line filled out to process that. How many know God wants to increase you? We've been talking about that and how he's set up ways and steps, principles in his word to increase us. That's his heart. He is good and he wants to pour out his goodness on us. He wants the abundant life for you and I. And so we're going to be talking about that and about the law of sowing and and reaping more today. In particular, um, I wanted to bring this out to keep in view your harvest, to keep in view or sow with your harvest in view. Say it that way. Are you sowing with your harvest in view? This is law of sowing and reaping. This is something that has been since the beginning of time. God set up seed time and harvest, and every seed bears fruit after its kind. So it operates in every realm. There's nothing... Um, You can't distance yourself from it. This works all the time and in every realm. Just like you can't get away from the law of gravity. I mean, I'm standing here. There's a reason I'm not floating away off into space because of gravity. Well, the law of sowing and reaping is like that. Um, It works. And it's an operation in every realm. It parallels the spiritual. You know, in Mark 4, Jesus talked, well, actually, there's multiple accounts of the parable of the sower in the Gospels. But in Mark 4, in particular, when Jesus taught on the parable of the sower, he followed that with telling the disciples that, you know, I've given you the secret of the kingdom of God. 
In other words, everything operates like this in the kingdom of God. And so when you, he gave a natural example to illustrate a spiritual truth. And when you think about what you do in the natural as far as sowing, well, a farmer makes an investment, a sowing into the ground, right? And he expects to reap. Well, in the same way, when we make an investment into God's work, into God's people, we should expect a return on that investment. It just works that way. To try to pretend, well, I'm going to, I just believe in the sewing part and, and I don't expect, I don't believe in the other part. It, 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 my mind can't even wrap my head around that because that's just not how it works. You know? So um, God works that way. God operates with the law of sowing and reaping. He sowed Jesus to the earth, did he not? He sowed, he sowed his son so he could reap many more sons, many more daughters. He gave the best offering, the most valuable offering you could ever give. He gave his all so he could reap your all, our, my all. So he operates on this as well. Why don't you turn over to 2 Corinthians 9. Keeping in view, holding in view... Sowing with your harvest in view. Do you think about that? Are you thinking about everything you're doing, every action, every, um, you know, what are you producing? And like I said, this touches more than just finances. I know we're talking about finances now, but this is more than just finances. What am I sowing for? In, um, well, before we read 2 Corinthians 9, you know, it, it touches, it can go to the positive, it goes to the negative. You know, in Job, it says, in Job 4, 8, it says, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble, harvest it. Hosea says, if you sow the wind, you reap the whirlwind. You know, you're going to produce whatever you sowed. Um, in Galatians, we know what it says there. It says, whatever a man sows, he's going to reap. Hosea 12, 10, 12 says this, says, sow with a view to righteousness. I'm reading in, from the Amplified Version. Sow with a view to righteousness. Reap in accordance with kindness. Well, in 2 Corinthians 9, says, verse 10 says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Well, what do you think the harvest of the righteous might be? Good things? Proverbs tells us that blessings crown the head of the righteous, right? So notice that God is the one who supplies the seed and your, the bread for, for food. So in other words, your day-to-day needs. But also, those that have a heart to sow, he's going to see that you have something to sow. He's going to increase that. So think about what you want to reap. He, you know, he's given us uh, control of our harvest, if you want to say it that way. Luke 6.38 says, Given it shall be given unto you, the, the measure that you use, it shall be measured to you. What do you want to reap? It, it produces in kind. You know, if you want to reap finances, well, what should you be doing? If you want to uh, reap checks being written to you, what should you be doing? If you want to reap good deals... Maybe you should be sowing some good deals. You know, my dad, um, he, my parents were here for Thanksgiving, <clears throat> and he was telling me about my grandpa. So grandpa got a contract for, to cut a street, I think, in the development that they're, they have a development there, um, 
doing in Ohio. And he got a really large contract to cut the street. And apparently he did really good. It went well, everything went great. And so when he turned in the last portion of the invoice or something, he just took 20 grand off. Well, now, did he sow a good deal? Uh, yeah. And I fully believe he's going to reap favor. He's going to reap deals. Why? Because that's what he sowed. Uh, Galatians. I want to read one more scripture in Galatians. Galatians says this. Again, sow with your harvest in view. Keep that in view. What do I want to reap? Am I sowing for it? What do I need? What am I lacking? Sow for that. It says in verse 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't lose sight of the harvest. Don't forget, you know, keep what you want to reap in view. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. All right, well, let's take a hold of your tithes and your offerings. Let's present that to the Lord. Father, I thank you so much for being so good to us in 2022, and I thank you for the goodness you're going to pour out on us in 2023. Lord, I thank you that you've been a faithful provider. I thank you for supplying our seed and supplying our bread for food and the day-to-day things. Lord, so we are grateful for the tithes, for the resources you put in our hands. We present the tithe to you. We want to honor you, Lord, with our life and with everything that we do. And I just ask you to show us, move through us, show us how you want us to use the resources you've entrusted to us, and we will obey you and we will follow you in it. In Jesus' name, and amen. Ushers, you can pass the baskets and people will give to the Lord. Citygate Columbia sign-up sheet is in the back. That's going to be January 8th, am I correct? Next Sunday. If you are not already a volunteer here at CWI, I'll give you an opportunity to be a part of that. Um, you know, I wanted to say this. I was so blessed at the Christmas party. How many of you were at the Christmas party and had a good time? You know, I looked around and I saw people teasing each other and giving each other a hard time and laughing and and talking together and encouraging each other and then working together. And I sat back and I just, I saw family. And it's what, you know, working together, coming together, finding your place, finding your part. That's who we are as as, um, children and family of God. That's how you find, get into the flow of what God wants to do through you. You know, and also on that note, I just wanted to say thank you so much for the kindness that you guys sowed into my family. It's so humbling, and I just feel like it's such an honor to be part here and to be able to serve God alongside with you all. You guys have been so kind to us over the the years, and it doesn't go unmissed, unnoted, and many thanksgivings to God for it. We're so grateful, so thank you. I feel like I'm sort of, the train tracks are sort of skipping here. (laughs) How well my husband knows. Uh, Anyway, so if you'd like to be a volunteer here at Church of the Word, please uh, reach out to Debbie, and she will find a place for you. I'm sure there's one that you're needed, so. All right, Troy, you had some things to share with us, so why don't you come and let us...
be updated. It's actually Troy and Katie this morning. I'm just going to start out by thanking you all for being here this morning. It's great to see a, 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 a full congregation to be able to talk to and to share with, with what we have. Also, to let you know that this is not a pregnancy dress. Okay. It's more of a whirly gig kind of a thing. Okay. Um, my wife is probably devastated that I just showed you that. But anyway, still, it, it, it shows you what the people of Ghana wear, where we go, and what we're going to be sharing about. So I'm going to let Katie start. Thank you. Good morning. Happy New Year. Um, this morning, Troy and I would like to share a little bit about what Ghana Initiative is looking forward to doing in 2023. It's a new year, and new and exciting things are happening for our ministry there. Um, first, we want to thank all of you who invested into Ghana Initiative in the past year, um, whether that's financially, physically, or through prayer. Um, we're blessed to be amongst a body of believers um, who have hearts for missions. Ghana Initiative, for those of you who don't know, is a charitable, charitable nonprofit ministry with the mission of presenting the gospel to the unsaved in Ghana and across Western Africa. Over the last 10 years, we've been blessed to partner with Ghanaian men and women um, who share the same desires we do to fulfill the Great Commission. <clears throat> As a family of missionaries, we come together annually for a period of two weeks to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit as we move from village to village um, and house to house, inviting new souls into the kingdom of God. In the process, we tend to the medical needs of the sick, and we lay hands on and pray for all who come to us for healing. We have seen God work miracles time and time again um, and have seen hearts changed by the testimony of those who were healed. In addition to Dora Dora, in addition to door-to-door -door evangelism, we also provide the opportunity for children in each village to come to know the Lord and Savior as we do pop-up Bible schools. Um, hundreds of children um, ages 3 to 16 um, have come to hear about the Lord and Savior as we present them accounts from the Word of God. We have seen great numbers of children accept Jesus as their Savior and then also lead their families to Jesus as well. It is incredibly rewarding to win souls for the kingdom, and we observe as the Holy Spirit moves in the communities where he leads us to. <clears throat> this picture you see here is an artistic rendering of the, the Ghana Initiative Outreach Center. As we continue to follow the vision for Ghana Initiative <clears throat> of seeing souls saved for Jesus in Ghana and Western Africa, we find ourselves needing a permanent facility that serves as our base operation in Western Africa. The construction of this facility, our outreach center, is already underway, as you can see in the picture. Um, the outreach center is where we will offer discipleship training, where ministry teams uh, will call their home while serving on the local mission field, where supplies will be shipped and stored for our evangelistic and medical ministries over in Ghana, and a place where missionaries from around the world will be able to stay before being sent out on the mission field. The facility will also be used as a center for which church planning will grow as pastors are trained and discipled into full-time ministry. Ghana Initiative stands firm in the fulfillment of the Great Commission as we look forward to what God has in store for 2023 and beyond. In Mark 16, 14 through 20, Jesus presented his disciples with the Great Commission. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at a table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world 
and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name, and they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the messages by accompanying signs. As we share the good news of Jesus Christ in Ghana, we expect and regularly witness signs and wonders as Jesus had spoken. This is, there is nothing in the word that comes up void. Jesus fulfills his promise to us as we fulfill the Great Commission. Our purpose this morning for sharing with you is twofold. First, we would like to have you know what God Initiative is all about and that there is an opportunity for any of you, any of you out here, to join us, to join our team. Each year we go out onto the mission field in Ghana, usually in the summer, sometime July and August, and we spend about two weeks. This year coming, um, we have a meeting on January 8th, so it's this... Uh, Sunday, that's right, so on Sunday, Sunday at 2.30, for anyone who's interested in getting information about what it takes to join the Ghana Initiative mission team. Please see me after the service if you have any interest for details. I won't give those details right now. The photo that you see up here shows a Ghanaian pastor, his name is Pastor Chris. He's praying for a man in need of healing for his back. This man came to him at one of our medical clinics. He said, I want to see you first. I want you to pray for me first before I go to see the doctors. The man was prayed for, and he was miraculously healed on the spot. Miraculously healed. This was a testimony not only to our team. Believe it or not, sometimes team members who are missionaries need to see things happening, that the Lord is working, but also to his community. Because not only did he then come to us for prayer, but more and more and more. We see hundreds, we see thousands of people by the time our two weeks are done coming to us for prayer. And as was said by Katie, we all see, also see a great number of signs and wonders. And I wish we could stand here and tell you about them all morning long, but it literally would take all morning. Our second purpose for sharing with you here on New Year's Day 2023 is to provide you with the first opportunity in 2023 to sow financially into missions. Thank you for the segue. Perfect. I don't know that you knew anything I was going to say this morning, but God knew. We need your help. We truly do. Ghana Initiative needs help to raise the roof this year, and I'm talking in literal terms. Ghana Initiative has a pressing financial need to be able to complete construction on our outreach center roof. We need, and I'll be right there in your face with it, $25,000. We need $25,000 to put roofing on our four buildings for our compound, which we call the outreach center. Here are a few photos of the outreach center as it sits today on the mountaintop in the eastern region of Ghana. This first photo is a, a picture of our dormitory, warehouse, and office section. Now, it's not complete, as you can see, even with the bricks, but this was taken several months ago. There are now all of the brickwork done, everything interiorly done in terms of the structure, um, but we're ready for a roof on that and all of the parts. 
Here you can see our, a walkway leading to the dorm rooms. You can see that the workers don't follow uh, HIPAA or, or what is it, OSHA or whatever that stuff is uh, here in, in the United States. They do what they do. Often they don't have shoes on and they don't have shirts on. They just have a pair of shorts and off they go and they do their work. So this guy's up there. I think this is our, our foreman. And he's out showing the fellow below what needs to be done by surveying the entire property. And this photo shows our central meeting pavilion. And in, in the artistic rendering, you could see the pavilion in the center of the compound. That pavilion will be a place where people can go for conferencing, for eating, for all, all kinds of meetings, and also where children will be able to come on a regular basis for Bible training. And also our adult missionaries or missionaries-to-be can come for training and our pastors who are going to be sent out into the mission field and into planting churches. If the Holy Spirit, by the way, is tugging at your heart this morning and inspiring you to support the ministry of Ghana Initiative by giving financially to raise the roof in Ghana, you can either give directly, give directly to Ghana Initiative by writing a check and putting Ghana Initiative's name on the line. Or you can give on Mission Saturday here at CWI and put Ghana Initiative on the memo line and also let Jen and or anyone else who would be receiving that know what that is for. I'm not asking you to come up to me right now with, with funds, but I'm at, telling you that there is that opportunity to sow into missions and I guarantee you, you will reap. So before we close this morning, I have one more thing I'd like to share. And it's about this little boy you're gonna see a picture of. His name is Kweku. Kweku is the child in this photo he is six years old, and he lives a rough life on the streets of Asamankize, Ghana. Kweku scavenges for food at the rear of chop bars and picks up food that he finds in the streets that were discarded by motorists on a regular basis. I don't believe that any one of us here can even imagine what his life is like. None of us have ever led a life quite like this. Kweku does have a mother, but she is unable to care for him because of her mental disability. His father is not in the picture of his life since he left Kweku and his family several years ago. Because of his situation, Kweku is unable to attend school and rarely eats food to fill his tiny stomach. Kweku is in desperate need, desperate need for someone to step up and offer him love and care. We would be greatly blessed if someone here at CWI would follow their heart and agree to sponsor him for just $32 a month. And yes, it does kind of sound like a Compassion International uh, advertisement, but we do much the same thing as what they do, but we allow virtually 100% of the finances that come in to go directly to the children that are sponsored through Ghana Initiative. This $32 a month would enable Kweku to, us to attend school on a regular basis because right now he doesn't attend school at all. It would give him the opportunity to have nutritious meals on a daily basis, and to find a church where he would come to know who the Lord is, the Lord and Savior, and he would hear from the Word of God on a weekly basis, if not daily basis, depending on the situation. A sponsor would change Kweku's life forever. If the Lord puts it on your heart to sponsor Kweku, please let Katie know. Katie know, because she's the one in charge of our sponsorship program. So let Katie know, and she can help you get that sponsorship program moving. And by the way, we here at CWI sponsor a number of children, both as a congregation and individuals within our congregation. So it's, it's, it's fabulous, and we thank you all. God bless you for what you do. We are thankful 
we are thankful to have been given the time this morning to share about the ministry of Ghana Initiative. God placed this ministry of Ghana Initiative in our hearts as a passion. And for those of you who have such a passion, you know how important it is to share it with other people. And that's exactly what we wanted to do today. Thank you for allowing us to share our passion with you. God bless you. Thank you, Troy and Katie, for sharing about the important work in Ghana. You know, the mandate to make disciples that Jesus gave so long ago hasn't lost any of its authority, hasn't lost any of its effectiveness, and he instructed the disciples to start at home, didn't he? And then go to the uttermost as they go to carry it with them. And so we are committed to continuing that vision that the Lord Jesus established by his direction way back those thousands of years ago. And so starting here at home, all the way to the uttermost, you can look at the flags on the walls, you can look around, see there's a whole bunch of flags missing, a bunch of uttermosts that we haven't been to yet, and um, that's going to change in time as well. However, let's not lose sight of what's required of us in our day-to-day at home, and where we work, and where we go to school, and where we live, and in the places that we shop, and look for opportunities. Ask the Lord each time before you go out, Lord, lead me to the one that's ready for a word from you, and I'll deliver it as you move me. Give Him the ability, give Him, not the ability, the permission to use you in His ways. We are in the process of planting a church down in Richmond, and that's the beginning of many, many that will be planted uh, by you and I. And um, I sent out an email this week informing, uh, or just looking back, reflecting on this last year and looking to our next step forward, uh, to those of you that have uh, committed to birthing these church plants through prayer and the work of prayer. And, and if you would like to be on that list and you're not and you're willing to commit to that, pick up a bulletin or a, a business card in the back and just send an email to the address that's on there and ask to be added to that list and we'll, we'll add you to it. I want to thank you guys for the amazing financial gift that you guys gave to us. It blessed us so much and we were overwhelmed with the Lord's kindness to us through you. And I know that the Lord moved you guys in certain ways, those of you that, um, that were part of that. And so I just want you to know that you are an answer to prayer and that you are um, very, very encouraging to Jen and I. 